Evening, Rabbi Sai. Hard to believe it's been another week, huh? It's been a whole week since we got together and said last time that it's been a whole week. Wow. So, uh, it's scary, frightening how quickly the days are flowing into weeks which are blurring into months and dizzing themselves into years. That's what happens. Well, Shem should give all of us Arichas Yaman Bishanim, Gazuntan Leben. There's hundred and Svansig, and we should be Zaychli get together for many, 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 many Chumashiurim and explore Hashem's deep, unbelievable, amazing, beautiful, and sweet Torah altogether every Thursday night as we enjoy the succulent, beautiful, deep, and sweet challenge of Rabbi Aronson. The challenge is as profound as it is palatable. That being said, let's start Parshas Pinchas over here. Pinchas. A lot going on over here in Parshas Pinchas. Um, let's uh, start with uh, something that seems to be a detail, but I believe it's the tip of a great iceberg over here in terms of fundamentals in Jewish thought and Jewish attitude. So, the Parsha begins with Pinchas' promotion to the priesthood, and that was as a result of uh, what he, in the end of last week, he did this heroic move of running to the tent after Cosby and Zimri and uh, sanctifying God's name publicly, killing them both in one blow. And in the beginning of this week's parish, he's promoted to Kahuna. Everyone knows, yes, Pinchas ben Alazar, ben Aaron HaKoyen, Heishev Zchamasi, see, he averted God's anger. Maybe we'll get back to Pinchas, time permitting. But I want to look right after Pinchas. Let's focus there first. Ah, perfect, thank you. Yashkei Chaim. Good, perfect weather conditions outside for a cold beer. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Okay. There's one in there, I brought one in. All right, so anyway, immediately after Pinchas on the top. receives his um, receives his his um, it might be in the box there, in the box maybe check. So anyway, so so after Pinchas receives his promotion to Kahuna, so the next parsha is Rebina Shalalam giving a Moshe an instruction which is not going to be actually acted upon until next week, till next week's parsha, Parsha's Matois, but that is the instruction of waging war against the Midianim. Moshe is told, lead the, lead the Jews into battle against Midian. Now, what did Midian do wrong? What? That's right, they enticed the Jews, their women enticed the Yidin to sin. That was the end also of Balak, after, uh, last week's parish, after Bilam saw that he was not able to curse Kla Yisrael, he wasn't able to bring them down with his Klala, so Bilam said to Balak, listen, you want to get these Jews, and you're not going to get them through my curse, but one thing, if there's one thing that gets God upset, it's, it's promiscuity, immorality. Send your daughters out to entice them and to, to uh, convince them into, into immoral, immoral, into an immoral descent. And that's what happened at the end of Balak. The Benoist Midjan went, and they sway, they enticed, they lured Klyasrol with with their, uh, you know, their their mission over there and their charms and they got Klaisol to unfortunately commit acts of immorality. And Pasik tells us also in the end of Balak that, that they use that as a re, as, as as a window to get them to even do Avaidazara. But but uh, what Bilam told Balak is you know Avaidazara is something that gets God upset, but the immorality promiscuity is really gonna get anger at Baruch is gonna get very, very upset. So um so that being the case, the beginning of Pinchas, again, Moshe is charged 
to go lead Klai Yisrael into battle to avenge the vengeance of God. The Benai Midjan committed an atrocity in the front uh, against the against the presence of the Shekhinah of HaKadosh Baruch himself, bring down Hashem's holy nation, and therefore there has to be a, a an exacting back, uh, an exacting vengeance of Nekama to the Midjanim. And again, so this is one of Moshe's final acts that he does before he's taken back, and it's not going to be acted upon until next week, but he's already being given this mission now. I want all of us together look a little bit more closely at how he's given this assignment. And again, there, there's a, a minor detail that I think, you know, within the assignment that if we focus on, it, 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 it reveals a huge iceberg lurking beneath the surface of something perhaps very major. So let's see. This is Perak Yud, Pasik Tes Zain. I'm sorry, Perak Hafei, Pasik Tes Zain. Towards the beginning of the parish, Vaidab Hashem and Moshe Lamer, Hashem spoke to Moshe. Tzoraras Hamidjanim, Tzoraras Hamidjanim, you need a chair? Okay, very good. And please help yourself to a, a bowl of delicious chalons, cold soda. We got cold beer. So Tzoraras Hamidjanim, we're told, Tzoraras Hamidjanim, Vihikisa Moisam. Beat Soirer the Midjanim and then attack them. Moshe is given two commands in this Pasuk, not just one. He's not just being told exact revenge and act with a, a, a vengeance of God. That's the hikisa moisam. Not just attack them, not just smite them, not just wipe them out. But there's something that comes right before that. Sororis imijonim. Beat soyer them. What does that mean? What's the, what's the first commandment? The second commandment is, is to attack them, to defeat them, to destroy them. But that's prefaced with, with, with the first commandment over here of sororis imijonim. What, what does that mean? To beat soyer them. What's he being told to do? I mean, just go attack them, go defeat them, go wipe them out. What, what do you need to do first? So it's a funny word to translate. It can mean different things in different places. And one thing sometimes it can mean, and it can mean, is 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 to well, very good. Hold off on that. Gather. It can mean gather. Like tzrura means to be bundled together, gather together. Maybe he's being told gather the Jews. I mean, gather the midjanim. You know, round them up, round them up, and, and wipe them out, round them up, and destroy them. Um, but he didn't ram them up. They, they were they were defeated in battle. He went out to battle. So what does suror mean over here? So what are you saying, Ilya? Create a problem for them. Create a problem for them. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. So let's look what Targum and Rashi both say. They both say the same thing. Targum says, Oik yos mejone, um, which means make a problem for them, create strife for them, strife. And Rashi gives a very specific spin. What does Rashi say? Soror? Says Rashi, Aleichem la'ayev oisam. Rashi learns that soror over here relates to the word sara, which means foe or enemy. Foe or enemy. So according to Rashi, what the Pasuk is saying is, Aleichem la'ayev oisam, declare them an enemy. Soror samijanim, declare them the foe, declare them the enemy. Vihikisam oisam, then go attack them. Then go attack them. According to Rashi, a very strange, very odd Pasuk emerges from over here. According to the way Rashi is learning. We would expect just to find the commandment, you know, God's very upset the Mijanim. Look what the Mijanim did. As we said, the Mijanim led Klai Yisrael astray. They enticed them, they seduced them, they sent their daughters to, to, to get them to commit all kinds of atrocious, atrocious acts of, of, of immorality with, with these Gaisha women. <coughs> Of course they deserve to be attacked. Of course they deserve to be fought. Of course they deserve to be wiped out. Look what they did to Hashem's treasured and special nation. They, they brought them down into the sewers, right? They brought them down into the sewers. So, go attack them. Go destroy them. Go smite them. Go wipe them out. 
we have before that a a a again a prefatory command which is Sararsa Majanim. Declare them the enemy. Declare them the enemy. Don't declare them the enemy. It's clear what God wants. It's clear why God wants that. It's clear what you have to do. Go attack them. Go destroy them. Go out to battle. Where do we find this elsewhere? We don't find this really elsewhere in any of the other battles that the Jews ever, 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 uh, mounted. Any of the other wars that they ever waged. We don't find like a two-step command. Declare them the enemy and then go fight them. Declare them the enemy and go fight them. If God says go fight them, it's clear that they're the enemy, right? God doesn't say to go fight our, our, our allies. God said to go fight them, defeat them. It's clear they're the enemy. Why do we have this hakdama, this introduction, which is really a commandment in of itself? Aleichem la'ayevaisam. Make them a foe. Declare them the enemy. Why do we have such a thing uh, <coughs> uh, 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 declared over here? And I, 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 I know this is interrupting the flow a little bit, but I forgot to mention uh, that tonight's shear, I should have mentioned this in the beginning, if everyone should have this in mind, sponsored by Dove Bear Temple, of the, the Temple Institute in memory of Zalman ben Usher Tzvi Hirsch, who has the, the had a yard site this week. So our learning together and all the brachas that we're making on the deep and holy and sweet shalant and everything else should be an aliyah for the neshama of Zalman ben Usher Tzvi Hirsch. Okay. Um, in any case, so, so the question is quite clear over here. The question is quite quite clear. Whenever, whenever God tells us to attack them, that clear, it's clear that they are the enemy. Why do we have to say aleichem la'ayvaysam? And the answer is like this. The answer is like this. We have to have a preparatory commandment of Tzoraris and Mijanim. Aleichem la'ayevaysam. Make them into an ayev. Declare them the enemy. You know why? Because it's not actually so clear that they're the enemy. It's not so clear. It's not so clear. And this is exactly what got Klai Yisrael into trouble the first time around. And we're being taught such a profound lesson over here by the Torah. But this wasn't just about this war. Let's take a step back. This war with the Benoist, with the Mijanim to avenge Nekayim Nikmas Hashem, to avenge the vengeance of God, of what the Benoist Mijan, the daughters of Mijan did, where they dragged Klai Yisrael down into the sewers. It wasn't just about avenging the, the, the God's, you know, uh, wrath and ire. It's about balancing the books of what they did to Hashem's chosen nation, the Am HaNivchar, the chosen people. They took a holy nation, a nation who, later in the parsh, the parsh Pinchas testifies to the fact that, that the, the generation that left Egypt was a generation of purity, that there were no illegitimate children over there, that there was, that they kept themselves separate for 210 years from the Egyptians, right? It's later in the parsha, Kosh puts his, stamps his name on every single shavit, every single tribe to declare that they remained faithful, loyal, and there was fidelity for 210 years, a nation of holiness, a nation of purity, a nation that's pristine, a fidelity. That's dragged into the mud and the sewers by the Benais Midjan, into promiscuity, into immorality, it's not just about avenging Hashem's name and Hashem's sanctity. It's about restoring that pristineness and that purity to Klai Yisrael, uh, after what the, the, the Midjan and their daughters did to Klai Yisrael. Now here's the problem though. The problem is that they did succeed in the end of Balak, in the end of last week's parsha. They did succeed in dragging us down. They did succeed in enticing us. How did that happen? How did that happen that the Benoist Midjan succeeded in, in bringing Klai Yisrael, a pure, pristine nation, down into the sewers? How did they succeed in, in leading them and swaying them and dragging them down into their moral decrepitness and again into their immorality? The answer is, how, how does something like that ever happen? We allowed it to happen. How did we allow that to happen? 
Because we lost our clarity on who's the enemy and who's not our enemy. Who's friend and who's foe. And this is how the Yetzir Hara always works. The Yetzir Hara, Rabbi Yisai, the evil inclination, the Yetzir Hara, especially the Yetzir Hara of Taiva. How does the Yetzir Hara always work? The Yetzir Hara works by portraying itself as our best friend. The Yetzir Hara has our best interests in mind. That's always how the Yetzir Hara works. That's always his modus operandi. Is He portrays himself as having our best interests in mind. I'm out for you. I'm on your side. I want to help you out. I really want to help you out. It's not just about enticement. It's not just about we're caught, we're hooked. We're, we're, we were lured into something that we know is bad, we know is wrong. No, the, what the Yetzirah is able to do is to convince us, to convince us that he's out for us. He has our best interests in mind. He's there to take care of us. And all of Taiva, all of any Yetzirah that's associated with pleasure, with indulgence, with running after physicality, which again, that was the Benaisa Midran, that was their approach, that was their enticement, pleasure, physicality. Any Yetzirah that's associated with Taiva, again, where's the Taiva's Benaisa Midran or Taiva's Eichel, we overeat, we oversleep, we overindulge in everything because of the enticements of the Yetzirah. Why are we doing that? Not because we just can't say no, but because we're convinced it's really good for us. We're convinced the Yetzirah has taken care of us. The Yetzirah is able to sweet-talk us into believing this is good for you. It's good for you to enjoy yourself. It's good for you to have one more helping of Chalons. It's good for you to have a fifth helping of Chalons. It's good for you to have one more piece of that delicious schnitzel. You know, it's good for you to have an eleventh piece of that schnitzel. <laughs> go go for it. Go, it's good for you. Look how delicious and succulent it is. I'm taking care of you. I'm taking care of you. I have your best interests in mind. And that's always how the Yetzir Hara of Taiba works. B'chom We had just a few parashies ago, in the end of Shlach, we're told, don't follow the lure of your heart and your eyes. And Rashi tells us, you know, the Yetzir Hara gets to us through our heart and through our eyes. First the eyes and then the heart. The eyes are the 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 uh, espionage agents, the, the intelligence agents of the Yetzir Hara, of the evil inclination, and they feed information to the heart, which 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 creates a, 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 a yearning for something. What the eyes do is the eyes are not just you know, seeing something that's irresistible, that you can't turn down. The eyes are seeing something that gets relayed back to the heart as, that I, that's taka good for me. That's good for me. That, that's something that is in my best interest. That's something that's taking care of me. It's good for me. That thing is good for me. And by the way, this is the, the, uh, the secret. You know, every, anyone that's in, in uh, marketing, the whole marketing world, the world of advertisement, that is, they use this all the time. Um, People that are trying to get you to buy a product, especially an expensive one, will generally, in their advertisements, have it just, you know, kind of, for some reason, arbitrarily, um, conspicuously, um, surrounded by items that, you know, that, 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 are, that, are, that are interesting and exciting and enticing to look at. They'll have cars of cars car surrounded by the Benoist Midjan. They'll put the Benoist Midjan in the ads, in the car ads, right? Any advertisement, they're trying to, you know, get you to buy something. So, so again, we'll have conspicuous um, uh, uh, presences of, of of things that catch the eye. 
The, the, the whole advertising world does this, right? This is what marketing is all about. Now, why are they doing that? Why do you have to have the daughters of Midran there sitting behind the car, standing next to the car? Why do, why do the Benais Midran have to be in the ad for Coca-Cola? Trying to sell me soda. Trying to sell me a car, a, car, a Ferrari. Well, why do you have to put the Benais Midran there? The terraces. Not just that you, they're trying to get you to look at it. No. They're creating an association of, 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 of tapping into the same force of taiva itself, what taiva? Again, in the 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 the, the, the are for indulgences and for for for, for um, pleasure. What that's accessing is in a very very deep place. Is the conviction that that's good for me? It's good for me. I, I, I'm listen. I have a soul, perhaps it's true. That's what I've been told. But I also have a body, and everything has to be attended to. Everything has to be taken care of. My 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 physicality and my spirituality, and you're you're taking care of my physicality. You're, you're this this you know you, the the um, it's the burger with all the fixings, right? The, the the everyone knows how to market that burger. You have all the sauces and the, and the toppings and, and and the pickles and and the special condiments. The 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 the, the impression that's being given over and the angle that's being struck over there and the chord that's being hit within me is is I'm being taken care of. I'm being pampered. I'm being pampered, and therefore, this really is looking out for my best interests. This hamburger, this uh, whatever it may be. Look how look how appealing it is, and it's not just about the irresistibility. It's about the fact that ultimately, it's taking care of me. It's it's, it's good for me. It's taking care of, of of my welfare. It's looking out for my best interests. This is the modus operandi of the Yetzirah always, and especially. Especially when it comes to the Yetzirah of what we call Taiva. Again, the Yetzirah to have a good time. The Yetzirah to indulge. The Yetzirah to fulfill one's desires. It's always about, the presentation always comes in that form of, I'm taking, I'm here to take care of you. This is good for you. This is good, come with me. This is really good for you. And in the end, we know, when, when, when the mask is pulled off and the Yetzirah is revealed to, for, for what it really is, for what it really is, then, uh, it comes down. Reality comes comes thudding down with a with a with a brutal and a crushing blow. When, when once it's already too late, then no, it never really had our best interest in mind. It was really just leading us to the abyss, and that's the mission. Pikiyava says what that um, a person keeps several things in mind. He will never sin. One of the things a person is supposed to keep in mind is where is he heading ultimately after 120 years? He's heading Lamalkam Rima Vasele, a place of of rat. He's going to a place of rat and decomposition. So you think you know. That the Yetzirah is really taking care of you. The Yetzirah said, no, I have your best interest in mind. The Yetzirah is really creating more rat and decomposition. And that's how you keep things in check. That's how you keep things in perspective. And that's what's going on over here in the parsha as well. In other words, getting back to the parsha, If we're going to win the battle against the Yetzirah Hara, if we're going to win the battle against Taiva, the enticement of the Benais Midjan, and the Benais Midjan are everywhere. Every generation has their version of the Benais Midjan, the daughters of Midjan, and we're assaulted constantly by the Benais Midjan wherever we go, Right? How are we going to win the battle against the Benais Midjan? How do we win? How do we best the Taiba? How do we succeed? The Torah tells us how to succeed. Recognize that they're the enemy. Declare them the enemy. Before you wage war. Before you go out to battle. If you just go out to battle, you're fighting so much because I was told to fight them, but it's dogma. It's, it's something that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm following instructions, but I don't really get it. 
the nice villager that they were so good, they were so nice, they took care of us, right? They were they were trying to take care of of of, of, of our needs, of our typhus. No, the first step in fighting the battle against the Benais Midrin and the Yetzirah of Taiva, the evil inclination that they represent is recognize that they are the enemy. They don't have your best interest in mind. They're not out for your benefit. They're not looking over over you and, and trying and, and, and with your welfare in mind. They're trying to take you down. If we're going to win the battle against the Yitzhahara, and every one of us has their own personal Yitzhahara, and there's communal Yitzhahara, the first step has to be Sororis and Ajanim. Recognize that they are the enemy. Make no doubt about it. No, no, there's no there's no doubts about it over here. They don't have your best interest in mind. Not now, not ever. And that's how we have to fight the Ajanim. That's how we have to fight the Yitzhahara always. This is bad for me. Not good for me. This is this this enticement. This is which is alluring and attractive. Is actually is, is certain death. This is the grim reaper. This is bad. This is terrible. This is awful for me. Sororsimajonim. Be my them. Recognize that they're the enemy, and then we can actually fight the Yetz Sahara. Okay. Very very inspiring idea. Very inspiring idea. We have a couple minutes left. Let's maybe. Uh, Let's ask the question. What would God want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. I like that. Okay, one second, let's just do, we have a couple more minutes, let's, let's, um, no, it wasn't a question. No, you have, um, you have so, 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 uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment. Um, so we have a few minutes left. So the one final idea over here, very nice idea here in the parasha. Um, is told in this week's parasha that he needs to appoint a, uh, a successor over here. He has to have somebody to replace him. Um, and, uh, so we have an exchange between Moshe and Hashem. Moshe tells Hashem, Yifkad Hashem Hashem, you should get me a replacement. Moshe first says to God, you're the God of the Ruchais, of the spirits, so you need to find a replacement for me, because Moshe is told he's not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. You're the Elokei Ruchais, God of the spirits, find someone who can replace me. Moshe says back, I'll find someone, someone who has a spirit. And that's Yeshua ben Nun. So there's a funny discrepancy, funny change. Moshe talks about God of the spirits, and Hashem responds, I'm going to give you someone who has spirits. From plural to singular. Plural to singular. Ruchais and ruach. Spirits and spirit. When Maisha talks, he talks about spirits. When God talks, he talks about spirit. What's the, what's going on with this discrepancy? So Rashi picks up on this. Rashi says the following. What was Elokei HaRuchais? God of the spirits. So Maisha was making the following appeal. Maisha was presenting to God who he needs to replace him as the leader. Who needs to be the leader? Said Maisha to Hashem... The leader needs to be somebody that can be that, you know, the nation is full of different spirits, different attitudes, different personalities. Moshe has been in charge for 40 years. He knows full well. There's a lot of different personalities. You need someone that can be that can, that can stand up to everybody, that can, that can tolerate anyone else. Someone who has to, there's so much questioning, so much complaining, so many different personalities over here. The next leader has to be someone who could be who can tolerate the spirits, the individual spirits of every member of Kalei Yisrael. He has to be able to withstand that. He has to be able to to, 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 to to oppose that. A leader has to be able to oppose that. Hashem said back, Okay, I'll send Yeshua who has Ruach. What's Ruach? How come there's a switch to singular? So uh, Rashi says, Kashish just like you asked, He can go opposite the Ruach of every single person. So why do we have the switch from singular, from plural to singular? And Moshe says he has to be able to be soivalit. And the Rebbeim says he has to go connegative. Is it tolerating everyone's individuality or is it going in opposition to everyone's individuality? And the emphasis when we put Moshe's 
appeal. And Hashem's response together, that is the ultimate definition of a leader. A leader has to have both. And we'll wrap up with this. A leader has to have what Moshe asks. He has to be able to be soyable ruach shokolach I'm sorry, I said not to oppose, but to be able to, soyable means to bear. A leader has to be able to sit with any yid, any individual person, and they have to be able to feel that he heard them at. He heard them, he understood them, he was soyable them. That's what Moshe is saying. There's so many different yid, with all their troubles, all their tsaris, you need someone who's going to take over and be soyvel kol echad v'echad l'fi ruchay, who can hear everybody, who can relate to everyone, who can empathize with everybody. That's what a leader has to be. The Yibayim says, yes, Moshe, you're right, but he also has to be able to la'alich k'neged rucha shakol echad v'echad. A leader at the end of the day has to also have his plan, his vision, his ideals and ideas, and, and, and impose that on the nation as well. In other words, yes, a leader, there's a time and a place that a leader has to hear everyone, empathize, accept everyone, and, and hear everyone out. But if that's all he does, eventually, he's not leading anymore, they're leading him. He also has to be able to balance that, says the Rebbein Shalom, with his vision, his ideas, his leadership, and be able to go impose ultimately his will on everyone the one that needs to be imposed. We have a balance of that, we have true leadership, Torah leadership, proper leadership, we have success, and we put the Rebbein Shalom's response together with Moshe's request, that's the ultimate balance that every leader has to have. We should be zaych each and every one of us to be leaders in our own ways, in our own rights, and everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you all for joining.